When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jason Tatum might have just thrown down the exclamation point. The Celtics end the Nets winning streak at four. 103-92 the final. Yeah, Boston Celtics absolutely on fire in the Eastern Conference in the NBA. 19 wins, 5 losses. Ben Yamkadane joins us out of Australia. Mad keen Boston Celtics man. Evening to you, Ben Yam. Welcome. Good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics. Is it a good thing being 19-5 and five this early in the season? It's a very good thing. The Boston Celtics look... They look like the best team in the league because because uh, right now, through these uh, 24 games, they certainly have been. And uh, Jason Tatum looks like the MVP, which is probably a big reason why they're in the in the position that they're in. But, you know, as, as we kind of look at this quarterway mark of the season, they're, uh, they're, they're the clear number one for me. What, okay, defensively though, are they as good an outfit as what we saw last year from Boston, from the Boston Celtics? No, they've definitely, they've definitely dropped off defensively. And, and look, I, I'm willing to give that, uh, give that credit, I guess, to Robert Williams, who you know, is their starting centre, hasn't been uh, with the team all season. He had knee surgery. So the fact that they're still hovering you know, around the middle of the pack defensively, uh, and that's without you know, one of their key interior defenders, I think that's probably a credit uh, to guys like Tate and guys like Jalen Brown, they've kind of done it by committee, uh, you know, with different guys stepping up on uh, on different different nights uh, to get the job done. But you know, last season was the defense. This year has really been uh, about the offense. They're they're clear uh, in terms of offensive rating as as the best offense in the NBA so far. And uh, you know, once once they do get Williams back and the and the defense, you know, does kind of get back to that level, then you know, that's a that's a scary proposition for the rest of the league. The five games that they have, the five games that they've lost, has there been any um, consistent reason why they've lost those five games? Is there something there that teams can tap into? That's a, that's an interesting question. I mean, we saw them, you know, drop that game to the Miami Heat, you know, just a couple of days ago. Um, but I mean, for the Celtics, I, I, I think, you know, that they're a team that is attacked, you know, on the inside. You know, they don't have the same interior presence. So last year, they were really good at limiting teams to, you know, taking a lot of mid-range shots and they were guarding them really well. Whereas this season, you know, they've been one of the worst teams in terms of, uh, you know, guarding mid-range shots and, and, and letting, um, you know, teams get, get those looks. And, and as I said, I think that really has a lot to do with the fact that Robert Williams uh, is out, but that's probably the one area that I think, you know, teams have maybe capitalised on them this season. That, that has been from the mid-range. Mm, okay. In terms of injuries, who can they least ill afford to lose and how much depth do they have on their bench? I mean, that's probably been the good news story for the Celtics this season you know, and has been the depth of their bench. Guys like Malcolm Brogdon coming in and, and doing a really good job. But you know, the obvious answer is, is Jason Tatum. He's, he's the MVP frontrunner. We saw him you know, had 29-11 and against the Nets today and re- really just killed them uh, down the stretch. And 
you know, Jalen Brown, you know, whilst he's kind of looked at as the, the second guy on the, on the Celtics, you know, he's quietly having, uh, you know, one of his best seasons, if not the best season of his career, but it's just kind of been overshadowed by the fact that Jason Tatum's, you know, playing at, the, at this elite level. So those are the two guys where it obviously starts, you know, for the Boston Celtics. But when you kind of go down the roster and you look at guys like Al Horford, uh, Marcus Smart, Derek White, they just have a lot of guys that come in and know what they're doing. Um, so in terms of depth and talent, you know, the Celtics, I think, will be pretty happy uh, with how their roster is looking uh, at this point in the season, at least. Okay, let's talk about their 34-year-old coach, Joe Mazzala. Um, what has he brought? And how does a guy at 34 years of age even get himself into the head coaching of a major NBA franchise? I mean, it sort of breaks from tradition. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw, obviously, what happened in the off-season with the uh, the drama with the head coach, Ime Doka, and, you know, the there was kind of talk that you know, maybe they would go out and get a big-name coach, but I think the thing that pushed Mazzola over the line is that he has a great relationship with the players. He's a young guy himself, only, you know, at 34. There's, you know, guys you know, guys on the team that, you know, at his age or older than him. So I think that relationship that he has and his ability to relate to these younger guys, you know, he had a great college career as well. Um, so he knows the game, and, and you can see that that message uh, is definitely being delivered, at least in terms of their offense, mm. because he's given guys... You know, a bit of freedom as well. We, we we look at Jason Tatum, you know, as a guy that you know gets out in transition, can can pull up and create his own shots, and and we're starting to see other parts of his game uh, unfold, and and a lot of it is just the confidence. So uh, from that standpoint, and 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 then wanting, uh, you know, to go out there and go to war for uh, for Joe Mazzola. I mean, he he he's probably been the best coach uh, so far this season. So it's uh, yeah, a great start for him for his head coaching career. Uh, as you said, at a very very young age, you don't see a lot of thirty four year old. Uh, head coaches out there. Now, he clearly inherited a very good team. They made the NBA Finals last year. But has he put his own signature on this team? Is it a different style that we're seeing? I mean, as you said, he, he did inherit a very good team. It's not like he's coached them up, uh, you know, from the bottom. This this is a team that, you know, came pretty close to uh, to win the, the, the finals. But I think that's probably been the big difference uh, for them is that they've leaned on their offense uh, to get them out of games. Because last season, as you said, um, the way that was set up was to be a very, very stingy defensive team. But this year, it's been getting buckets on the other end of the court. The the ball's moving as well. Guys like Malcolm Brogdon, I think, you know, coming in off the bench, he's been a big, uh, a big help for that because they don't really have a, a traditional you know, starting point guard. They start, you know, Marcus Smart, who's you know more of a defensive player, can shoot the three. Uh, so in terms of creation, uh, guys like Jalen Brown, who historically hasn't been a great playmaker, not the best dribbler or ball handler, but the improvement that he's made. Uh, this season, we saw him have you know zero assist, uh, zero turnovers uh, in the game today. Um, so a guy like him coming in and being able to actually you know play make and create for uh, for other guys that's been huge. And and Al Horford as well, uh, one of the best playmakers as a as a big man. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, he, he's the veteran in the team. What does that experience bring to the dressing room? Well, we saw that last season. You know, this was a, a youngish team, and and it still kind of is. Um, but what he was able to do for them uh, in terms of the experience, he's played in a lot of big games, he's played in playoff games, and as have you know, a lot of these young Celtics guys as well. But um, we saw so many times, especially in the finals, you know, when the Celtics were in a little bit of a bind, his decision-making and that calmness that he kind of brings uh, to this team and the ability to also not just you know, score inside, but, but create and actually run the offense uh, through him. He brings that calming presence to the Celtics. And you know, despite his age, you know, he's... You know, he, he spent a year basically not playing uh, in Oklahoma City before coming back to the Celtics last season. And uh, he looks as fresh as ever. He just signed a new two-year extension uh, with the Celtics. So he's, uh, he's doing his best to defy five a time. 
Okay, I mean, it's a long way away, but if let's say the NBA finals were in the new year or the playoffs were to begin, or uh, who, who, who are the threats to the Celtics in the East? Well, definitely the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, Chris Middleton just came back for them. And for me, I think they're just as good a team uh, as the Boston Celtics. And uh, when you go down the list, I mean, Philadelphia, a lot is always expected of them. Uh, they haven't been as good to start the season. But then teams like Miami and Brooklyn, who, who kind of look a little bit off the pace. Uh, so it's an interesting mix of teams. I, I like the Cleveland Cavaliers team. They're a young team. They're an exciting team. Uh, but I think the only real uh, threat that I think Celtics would be uh, concerned with is, uh, is the Milwaukee Bucks, because... For a lot of people, they probably could have won the title last season had it not been uh, for Chris Middleton's injury uh, against the Celtics. So they're, they're probably the most uh, well-put-together team in terms of contending for a championship uh, in the East outside mm. of Boston. The Brooklyn Nets, have they finally clicked? OK, we heard that that four-game winning streak came to an end at the hand of the Boston Celtics in a little piece of commentary that we played, but we know how good they are on paper. Are they still a threat? Are they a team that, as the season progresses, can go on a run, can find some sort of unity? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the Nets are always going to be a threat because they have Kevin Durant, and, and I think that's probably been emblematic of the recent good stretch that they've had over the past couple of weeks. A lot of that has to do with the fact that Kevin Durant uh, you know, is probably playing... Uh, the best basketball he's played maybe since you know since since coming to to Brooklyn. Whether that can maintain the rest of the season, we've kind of gotten used to the uh, the roller coaster that is this Brooklyn Nets team. But as we as everyone's kind of saying, if they can just get everyone out on the floor at the same time, that really has been the issue for them. Whether it be Kyrie Irving and, and now Ben Simmons, uh, who's been sidelined for a couple of games. But as long as you have Kevin Durant, you always have a chance. But I think once you sort of get to this point of the season. Normally, it's by Christmas you kind of know what team you are, what kind of team you're going to be. And for the Brooklyn Nets, that could probably go, I think, maybe one of four ways for them. So it's, it's hard to tell with the Nets, but I, I'm a big believer in Kevin Durant, so I'll, I'll still give them a chance. OK, just want to look at the Western Conference. The Golden State Warriors, NBA champions, they've started the season with 13 wins, 11 losses. So contrasting for my guess to what we're seeing from the Boston Celtics. Uh, are you surprised by that, or is this just a team that's on the slow burn and come the pointy end of the season will be there. Yeah, I mean, at the start of the season, it definitely looked like the Warriors might be in a, in a little bit of strife. But I think, you know, the locker room tension or whatever boil over there was from Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, that kind of looks like it settled down a little bit. Steph Curry, uh, again, he's right up there in the MVP race as well. And I think for them, it's just figuring out the roster, given how many players they lost last season. They lost a lot of key rotation guys. And now they're, they're leaning on these young players to try and come in and... Uh, and, and fill some of those gaps. But I still think the Warriors will be there at the business end of the season. I mean, how many times have we watched them you know, manage a season and, uh, and end up being there, you know, whether it be the conference finals or the, or the finals. But I, I still think uh, this Warriors team, it's going to be tough because the West is, uh, is, is very, very uh, competitive. There's a lot of teams out there that will be gunning for that number one spot, namely the Phoenix Suns who are mm. occupying it right now. But uh, the Golden State, they're, they're, their experience kind of trumps a lot of things. And, and when you have a guy like Steph Curry, Playing the way Steph Curry's playing, they're, they're definitely going to be there uh, come come the pointy end of the season. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of interest here in the Memphis Grizzlies because Stephen Adams, our sort of sole NBA representative, starting centre for the Grizzlies last year. They took the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs to seven games. A young side uh, full of talent. What chance do you give them a, a year on? Can we consider them to be contenders? That they are serious potentials of winning this NBA, 14-9 and nine so far in the season? 
I mean, last season, that was kind of the, you know, get your feet wet, get in the playoffs, really make something happen. Uh, and they've slowly been building, you know. They, they, they had that series against the Jazz a couple of seasons ago and then obviously made the playoffs again last season. I really think this Grizzlies team, uh, again, just given their energy and their depth and, and Stephen Adams, uh, he's been terrific uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies because everything he does is, is exactly, you know, it's the dirty work. It's the stuff that doesn't get noticed. It's the rebounds, it's the screen, it's the physicality. And when you have so many guys out there like Ja Morant and Desmond Bain that can put the ball in the hole, um, the balance of this team really, uh, really stands out. And they have a lot of energy, a lot of young guys. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if they're the team that kind of gate crashes the end of the season in the, uh, in the Western Conference because uh, if it's not this season, it's, uh, it's definitely coming with Memphis. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's the thing, isn't it? It's not necessarily about winning the conference. It's often that team that just gets on that run, that just gets that momentum, and we do see. I mean, let's be honest, you don't win the NBA in the month of December, do you? Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it's about you know, getting that momentum all the way through and, uh, and peaking at the right time. And you know, The fact that they are a little bit younger... Um, you know, it does kind of give me confidence that you know they'll be there uh, and at least be healthy and ready to go. That's the main thing for them is uh, is getting healthy and getting everyone out on the floor. And as it is for all the teams, because so much uh, factors in uh, once the playoffs hit, because the games come thick and fast. Mm, okay, so in the Western Conference, then who is the best team? The Suns, the Pelicans, the Nuggets? Why not the Grizzlies? Who, who do you believe at the moment are the best team in the Western Conference? I've got to stick with the Suns. They're, they're, they're number one at the moment. Only just, you know, they're 16 and 7. The Pelicans are 15 and 8. But uh, the way Phoenix are playing this season, they've been terrific uh, on their home floor, 12 and 2. Um, and Devin Booker's, again, improved his level of play. Uh, they've done it all. You know, Chris Paul has missed a lot of time. So it's really been DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, and, uh, and Devin Booker and those guys uh, that have been doing, you know, the lion's share of the, uh, of the work there for the Suns. But this is a very good team, a very deep team. And, uh, and Aussie Jock Landale, he's, uh, he, he's done a great job since he's arrived in, uh, in Phoenix. But as you mentioned, the Pelicans, the Nuggets, I think they'll be another team that could potentially contend for the best regular season. The Grizzlies, the Warriors, and then you kind of have the, the Dallas Mavericks, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Lakers. They're all kind of in that, uh, you know, in that same tier. So it's going to be very competitive for seeding uh, in the West. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out, which teams can, uh, can keep the momentum going. Ben Yam Kadane, greatly appreciated. Love the insight. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. No, love it. We'll do it again. Brilliant. Thank you. 18 Ab- minutes absolutely. away. Yeah, no, 18 minutes away from 11. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Got to be honest, I used to follow the NBA religiously. Then I got married. I'm not blaming my marriage for it. I'm not blaming my marriage for it. Don't imply that suddenly I'm not allowed to watch sport because I got married. I know what you guys are all thinking out there. I had a couple of kids come along, and uh, then you got work and everything else, and um, you know, and then you do sport for a living, I guess. And yeah, you know, I just don't watch what I watch. I've got to say, Stephen Adams has piqued my interest a lot more now. Big Toronto Raptors fan, having studied in Toronto for a year, I was lucky enough to see Sean Marks play his first ever official minutes in the NBA or official seconds. My recollection, it was at the Year Canada Centre, just opened, and it was 37 seconds against the Cleveland Cavaliers, Sean Marks. That year, the Toronto Raptors had Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter as part of the lineup. You could pay 10 Canadian dollars, sit in the Sprite Zone at the Year Canada Centre, and watch the NBA. Been very, very blessed, I guess, over the years at some of the sporting experiences I have had. Updating the cricket for you, Pakistan 254 for five. Target is 343. Pakistan need 80 more, 89 more runs to win.
It's going to be a close one, this one. At the moment, I think Pakistan in the box seat. Lose another wicket, and that changes very quickly. 17 minutes away from 11.